Hello and welcome to the NN Hockey Life Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Sunday, and today I'm joined by my co-host, David Rommel. Dave, how you doing? Pretty good. What's the news? What uh, what you been doing this weekend? Uh, you know, usual. Oh, hanging out, watching TV, <laughs> watching the kids. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you, I hear you. I love what uh, you've done with the studio. Yeah, yeah, hopefully it sounds a little bit better. I've uh, really cleaned it up in here. Yep. And uh, going on right behind us is uh, construction of a new house. That always sounds nice to the uh, on a microphone, too. So if you hear any thumping, that's what that is. Mm. Trying to find a new house, Roms. I just got back from Stillwater, looked out there for a little bit. Uh, some nice homes out there. Learn anything about uh, propane heating? I did not. I did not. Yeah, this this house had propane heating, so I'm not sure uh, sure what I think about that. Uh, sounds a little strange. Uh, anyways, today on the show, uh, we're going to talk about the 8-0 and o Gophers, baby. 8-0, and o, unbelievable start for them. Never saw that coming. Uh, and the women that are 5-1. and one. We're going to be talking about uh, the Minnesota Wild and the NHL start of projected January 13th, maybe. Uh, you know, the different divisions, too, they're talking about. The Canadian division, then the East division, the West division. The first thing that came out that the Wild were going to be in the East. Um, now they're in the West. I prefer the West because I... Uh, have young children, and I can watch the games after they go to sleep. Uh, we're going to be talking about USHL in Minnesota. Bring us a team. We want one. Why don't we have one? It doesn't make any sense to me. We're also going to be talking prospects. We're going to be talking Macklin Celebrini, Aiden Park, and, of course, uh, Cole Eisman, who I just put up a profile, a scouting profile, on mnhockeylife.com. Uh, so we're going to start um, with the 8-0 Gophers. Roms, your impressions early on the season? Uh, sort of tough. Uh, hard to criticize a team that's 8-0, but I just don't quite believe in them yet. I think it's the Minnesota fandom in us. We're just used to being let down. Could be, and then, uh, to be honest, I don't like it when they play on the big ice. I prefer smaller ice, a little more physical game, and that's never been the Gophers' forte. And to a certain extent, I think they lack maybe a game-changer or a game-breaker on the offensive side. Defense, I think they're rock-solid. Yeah, it was nice to see, too, even without their, their big three defensemen uh, against Michigan, they had the depth guys step in and, and not miss a beat. They really played well. Granted, Michigan was miss, missing five players, but it just adds depth to that blue line that you can have those three guys step in and, and the team still wins. Yeah, and, and I know you're not a huge fan of some of them, but uh, I really like uh, Robbie Stucker. Yeah, he's your guy? Yep, he was. And another one, Sam Rossini. I liked him resurfacing. And, and then, he's, he's Burnsville, right? Yep, recall, and then right? also uh, Matt Denman. He was a kid I followed when I first started uh, following Bantam hockey, and I thought he was one of the best players I saw as a Bantam so way kinda, back when. You've kind of watched him progress all the way up. Yep. Nice. Nice. Uh, in your opinion, to this point, who's been the N MVP for the 8-0 Gophers? Uh, tough to say, but uh, I'd maybe go with Ben Myers. He, I is, think he's, he is phenomenal against Michigan. I think he, he's impressed me so far, but I think more than anything, it's not one individual player. It seems like they have depth, offense, they can roll four lines, defense, they lose their top three defensemen, and, you know, Plug in three new guys, and they yeah, don't they miss look, a beat. They looked fabulous. It, 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 was, it was fun to watch. I, I was uh, kind of holding my breath um, through the two games that, that, that something would break down, but it, it never did, and it was very impressive. Yep, and then I think uh, 
Reedy is playing very well, and I think uh, Sammy Walker could be that game changer, game breaker that the Gophers need. Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, of course, he netted one last weekend, and that was uh, or a couple days ago. That was great to see. Uh, my MVP so far has been Jack LaFontaine, obviously. 8-0. No. Um, his goals against average is 1. His saves percentage is 965. That's phenomenal. Uh, I just love watching him, too. He stay, stays square to the shooter. He's very confident. He's really feeling it right now. And that's how it goes with goalies, especially when they get on runs like this. I mean, that's a beach ball coming at you. Um, and that's what scares me a little bit with this break. The momentum's kind of being snapped in half on them. And, and uh, it would be nice to see, of course, they always have a Christmas break around this time. But it would be nice just to see them play through and, and have a schedule set for the second half, know what they're getting into. But uh, definitely the momentum's going to be hard to, uh, you know, if it's broken, hard to regain maybe. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't think it'll be a huge issue. I think they have the depth and various guys are going to step up. So I think they'll come back and then, well, no secret here. I'm still not a huge fan of Big Ten hockey. It just seems to be lacking something. I know it's a common criticism, you know, beating a dead horse with that. But I don't know. I'm still not, you know. it's not true. all on board. It's true. I I think that all the time, you know, even with the 8-0 start, and I think that's the first 8-0 start since like 01-02, I think I, I read. And, yeah, there's something about it. And every time I see that WCHA, it's just like I, I miss those days, definitely. And the, and the Minis- playing the Minnesota teams uh, more often, too, I miss that. Yeah, but then big things, you know, you haven't seen it on TV, but, you know, UMD, North Dakota, you know, even – you know, the Mavericks, it'd be fun to see them play the Gophers. Yeah, yeah. Um, the women also off to a good start. They're 5-1 uh, they're and one as well. Um, I believe they play this evening again. Um, Lauren Bench for uh, in goal, 4-1 and one this uh, so far, 1.20 goals against average. And just like Jack LaFontaine, uh, .965 saves percentage. So been very impressive. You've always had a soft spot for goalies, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh, best athlete on the ice, obviously. Um, most important player on the ice. So both my MVPs go for the Gophers so far go to the, their goalies. And with a 96.5% save percentage, that's that's why. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so the Wild, they're getting started here uh, shortly, hopefully January 13th. That's the, that's the rumor. Um, do you have a preference of, of division or – uh, not really. Just get them out there and play. Yep. Your favorite move so far this offseason that the Wild have done? Uh, I think it's more of a, a general theme is with the players they signed and the moves they've made, not for this year, but next year, they're going to create a lot of uh, salary cap space. They're going to need to, you know, re-sign Fiala, and Kaprizov, but, you know, in the first time in a long time, they could go out and land maybe a big free agent. And if any of these guys that, you know, they picked up on the cheap or relatively cheap uh, contract years, if they come back and come back big, it's only going to help the Wild. Totally agree. I like a a non-move 
and that's uh, not trading Parisi, at least not for what they were going to get back from him, for him. Just didn't make any sense. I still think he's got a little bit left in the tank. Um, of course, he's a Minnesota boy, so I like that. Uh, so I, I like the the non-move, and then the Kaprizov getting him over and in a wild uniform is just so awesome to see. Um, I've, I've been a bit bored here during COVID, and I, I tend to pick up my phone and either or email and send people either scouting reports or I call, like, I, I called uh, the Hockey Lodge the other day. Did you, have you, have you got your reverse retro yet? Uh, no, I've had some uh, failures trying to uh, get the cheap Chinese import. <laughs> oh, I see, trying to cheat the system. Um, I have not got one either. I was a little bit sticker shocked. I was expecting to go on to maybe an $80 jersey just for, I didn't want any name or anything on the back. Um, and they don't even have that at the Hockey Lodge yet. I guess they're, they're waiting on nameplates or something like that. Mm. Um, but I did ask, what is their number one selling jersey? You know, what, you know who it is? Right now, their number one seller? Uh, Kaprizov. Yes. Yes, the Russian has the number one selling jersey. Um, I, d- I don't know his number two. He also will be wearing the number 97, which will be the highest number ever worn by a, a wild player. Previously, uh, Pierre-Marc Bouchard wore, wore number 96. Um, yeah, so I, the Kaprizov, getting him over, um, he'll be my third favorite Russian on the wild of all time. Who are your first two? Uh, first two, number two was, uh, Brizgalov just because, uh, everybody's seen the universe video and everything else on that. Um, and my first was Maxim Shushinsky who played on the inaugural team. Um, he came over from the KHL, a lot of hype. Some of you might remember his, uh, I don't even know how many games he played, maybe 20. Um, he did assist on Darby Hendrickson's first goal. Uh, I had season tickets back then and, there was a guy in front of me. I got a Gabrick jersey lettered. I had to go out to the mall and I got it lettered. They could, you couldn't buy lettered jerseys back then. You had to you had to put some work in. You had to go out, bring it somewhere, get it lettered, um, pay through the roof for it. Uh, well, there's a guy in front of me that had season tickets, and he points at me and he looks, you know, look, I got my lettered jersey, Maxim Shashinsky. You know, he's all proud, big smile. I give him a high five because I'm like the only other one that has a numbered jersey. Um, yeah, I think about two days later, he uh, left in the middle of the night and did never re- to return to uh, North America. That's probably why I've never heard of him. Yeah, yeah, not a yeah. I wonder how many. I don't even know his stats, but yeah, he was my favorite favorite Russian. And the Wild haven't had many many Russians on their team, so really looking forward to Kaprizov uh, playing for them. I guess another thing with the Wild too is I think for the first time, uh, good or bad, there's some actually interest and hope for the team this year. Yeah, probably since 2013, probably the most. Uh, yep. I mean, everything's been pretty status quo the last and almost depressing. Well, we'll see what happens. I was going to do. Uh, so, also, we haven't been on since I think our last podcast was October 30th. So it's been it's been a while. Yep. <laughs> so we we work with uh for our podcast uh this it's called the Road podcaster and um still trying to figure it out and the first one they call it dummy proof to run your podcast off this but we fixed that didn't we (laughs) (laughs) yeah i broke the first one um brought it out to guitar center and the guy looked at me goofy like what what, what'd you do (laughs) Uh, i I, I don't know (laughs) 
blinky light. <laughs> yeah, so uh, after that guy made me feel about two inches tall, we finally got it in the mail. It's back ordered, so now we're able to get back with our, our lives. So it, it, it's good, and, and it's colorful. Yep, and uh, you're an expert now, aren't you? Um, well, I would like to get to the sound bar on it, but oh, look, I just did it. Okay. Hold on. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I got more where that came from. <laughs> now, do they stop laughing? Yeah, there we go. They're done. All right, yeah, so very excited for the wild to get started. Hopefully January 13th. I can, I can wait that long for that. I, can, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, USHL in Minnesota. Uh, I was listening to a podcast re- recently, The Rink Live. Are you familiar with that? A little bit. Uh, and they were talking to Commissioner Tom Garrity of the USHL, and they kind of breezed over a little bit of, um, why isn't there a team in, in Minnesota? I asked him, and he kind of, you know, in a roundabout way said, yeah, it's always a possibility. Look look here, look there. Um, didn't really answer why. He also brought up that they've been talking to, what's the Vikings facility? Twin Cities Orthopedic uh, Center facility or something like that. Yep. Even? So he mentioned something there that they're building a hockey rink. Um, I looked everywhere on Google. I even called out to the Vikings offices. Didn't get an answer. They said they're closed for COVID. Couldn't get an answer to see if they are building the rink, but he said that would be a possibility for a, for a USHL franchise. What do you think about having a franchise in Egan? Uh, Location-wise, it makes sense, but uh, community-wise, I'm not so sure. I think for a USHL franchise to really make it in Minnesota or – be a viable Minnesota option. I think you'd have to go out to a smaller city. A couple or, of possibilities that I would think of maybe would be either Rochester or maybe Moorhead or even maybe Duluth. Yeah, yeah, that, that was all three would be good. I, I think Rochester makes the most sense since they don't have a Division One team. And then they're close to the Iowa teams. Yeah, yeah. That's where, I, that's where I'd, li- well, I'd like one in the Twin City. I'd like one in Egan. No, it'd be nice to go to games, but I'm not sure if. uh, I think it would be a tough draw, whereas if you were in a smaller city or smaller community, you'd have a more sense community, and that'd be your team. Sure. I I don't I just, I just, and that's always the thing. They they say that the market's saturated in Minnesota for hockey, and, you know, what they have... uh, of course, the U of M, UMD, Bemidji, St. Cloud, Minnesota State, and now St. Thomas next year. Um, and then, of course, all the U teams, high school teams, uh, the NAHL teams. I, I, th- I think there's a mark. How, how don't we have a USHL team? It just does not make any sense. Um, the state of Washington has, what, three or four in the WHL? Um, Oregon. Oregon has a team. Yeah. Um, the OHL has teams in America. Uh, the Q doesn't, I don't believe. No. Uh, but, and the state of hockey does not have a USHL team that had, what, 50 draft picks in the draft last year? There's not a market for people to want to go watch some of the top players in, in North America go play? Well, makes sense to me, and I think maybe that's a criticism that's valid of the USHL is maybe they've done a poor job of marketing themselves as a league. Agree where you look at the rosters now on any team, almost every kid is D1 
or will be D1 before the season ends. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. It's impressive to look at. And if you, if you bring that back to um, when the, well, okay, at that time it was the Twin City Vulcans, not the St. Paul Vulcans. But if you bring it back to then, uh, those, none of, nobody had Division One. If they had Division One, they're beating feet and going to play in Division One. Uh, it's totally changed now. Mo- like you said, most of the teams, most of the guys already have Division Ones. They're developing their game. They're getting stronger playing the USHL. They're getting better players in the USHL. Um, and then having the the U.S. team play games as well is just uh, phenomenal. You get to see all those top guys. I think there's totally a market. But it, it, like you said, it's the marketing. Um, y- even if you go on, on the USHL's website, it's not really updated too often. It's not. I mean, you could have interns do some of your writing for that. Not, I, mean, I shouldn't be... <laughs> You go on MN Hockey Life and it hasn't been updated for a long time. That's a working process. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying. Um, well, you did an excellent job on uh, your recent profile. I didn't find any typos, and there's oh, no good. F- no fine levied. Good today. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, for my tweet typos and everything else on the site, I I get fined a undisclosed amount uh, from Dave. Um, so I'm trying to rein that in. Uh, yeah, I I say they hire just a bunch of interns. Uh, they start programs like game-worn jerseys, especially those players that you know are going to be top NHL stars. Make them wear three or four. <laughs> put them, do it like they do all the All-Star games where they're, they're wearing a different jersey every period so they get to auction those off for money. Um, you know, you get state, uh, skate nights with the kids. Teach them, uh, teach them how to skate. Get to know the players. I know uh, that would be really impactful for some of the youth hockey players in the area. Uh, media lounge, get the media on your side, give them some free food and media like they'll, they'll show up if there's free food. That's a guarantee. Yep. And then, you know, a number of years ago, we made a few road trips down to Waterloo and just the atmosphere in the arena was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's good. The cowbells and everything else. Yeah. That yep. was, that was a, that was a great time. Um, yeah. And they could even, maybe they just go out, they get that spot in uh, Egan, share a rink with St. Thomas have them host a maybe a USHL alumni game of some sort. That'd be pretty cool to see some old-timers of the USHL play, you know, people that you kind of used to cheer for, then they, they're, they're gone and, you know, you, know, you forget about them. Yep, and another thing, you know, it's a pipe dream, but uh, holding in my hand possibly a winning Powerball oh, ticket. Yeah, all right. I got one for you as well. Yep. The only stipulation is that is if either of us win – we're starting a USHL franchise. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't care how much it costs. I don't care if that rink's empty. We're getting one here. But we'll fill it up, right? Build it. They'll come. Yep. I probably wouldn't give myself a press pass, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I just think there should be more of a movement to get a USHL team here. I hate traveling so far just to see, like, the Chicago Steel play who have tons of Minnesota kids who wouldn't want to watch, who wouldn't want to watch the U17 team with all the, you know, you watch these kids all the way going up and then poof, USHL, they're gone. Unless you want to go take a serious road trip and, you know, beautiful 35 down to, <laughs> down to Iowa. If the highway's not closed due to winds and blizzards. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Oh, I could get into that. Well, we could also make a, Stop at the casino, do a little sports gambling. 
That's a that's a good that's a good. Is, are they? I wonder if they're open. Oh, probably. I'll do some calls. Ah, getting used to this. Getting used to this. All right. Um, next, we're going to talk about s- some prospects. Uh, like I mentioned last episode, uh, to my faithful listeners, <laughs> um, Dave and I go down to Shattuck quite a bit, and uh, definitely this year because they were letting people in. A lot of places weren't. It was really hard to even get a press pass for anything. Um, so we watched quite a bit of the Shattuck U14 team too because they are they're, they're something to talk about. This team is probably one of the best I've seen since the 09-10 team, and that was the team that featured uh, Taylor Camerata, uh, Willie Raskob, uh, some guy named Nathan McKinnon. I've never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> Ian McCoshin. They, they were loaded. That was a fun team to watch. Um, similar to this team, this team had a lot of hype um, with uh, Cole Eiserman, uh Aiden Park, uh, Macklin Celebrini, uh, Local kid, Brody Zemer, he's from uh, Chaska Chan, has an area. A lot of hype. I mean, and that's just for the – the list goes on and on. The WHL uh, American draft, is they might as well just hold it at Shattuck this year. Probably. It's going to be full. I mean, it's going to be full of um, – so the, the, the first player, and I just put up a, the, his full scouting report on mnhockeylife.com, and you can follow us on mnhockeylife uh, on Twitter. And you can email us at mnhockeylife247 at gmail.com. Um, so, Iserman, uh, your, your impression on him, I know you talked about a little bit last episode, your, your first impressions being that we've, you know, seen him a, a handful of times. And, uh, uh, just a goal-scoring machine. He is. He doesn't do anything wrong with the puck inside the slot or anywhere. I mean, it's amazing. Um, yeah. He has a goal score. Thanks to his, uh, he has a tremendous shot. Um, gets it off quick, great accuracy. Um, that's my number one pet peeve is when someone has an open net and they miss. It absolutely blows my mind. I, now, do you think his shot and the caliber that it is will make a difference for him? Because at this age, some kids are a little more mature, a little more talented. And as they get older, other kids catch up to him. What makes Cole Eisenman different? I, I, yeah, and it, it's very hard to, I hate, I hate scouting U14s because they're only playing U14s and some of the kids are so underdeveloped and they're playing, you know, kids that are 13 too because it's a two, usually a two-year span if they're playing, you know, Bantams depending on where. But it's tough because th- that's part of the game where you, you need to, well, is this kid going to do it at the next level against bigger, older, uh, better players? Or is he just a product of being a little bit bigger of a kid playing u fourteen? and taking advantage of it. Um, you know, that last game we went to versus Team Wisconsin, we sat, well, well, we didn't, really don't have a choice in Shattuck's uh, uh, secondary arena. You basically have to, the scouting area is behind the net, where the behind the net where Shattuck shoots twice. Um, so you really you really get a feel for it, for the shot, and that thing's real. I mean, it's, he was going bar down, no problem. He rips it uh, very I compare him to Tarasenko, the way Tarasenko shoots. If he has time, Tarasenko is going to do a, a little bit more of a, a snap, wind up, and uh, really let it rip. But it's so deceptive on where it goes, and he doesn't lead with his eyes where it's going to go. He doesn't – very hard to tell, especially when I was behind the net on where that puck was going. It, 
No idea. I mean, I know he Cole likes to shoot low blocker, so I, I, you know, could perceive that part. But just watching, I, I felt bad for the goalies. I feel bad for the goalies. Being a former goalie, I just I look at it. I'm like, there's no, you can't see that. You're hoping it hits you. You're hoping you're 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 playing. You're praying. But he also has that good edge work. That uh, a lot of good power skating. He gets that good knee bend. Um, just prototypical. And it, uh, I just I just love his game. Um, uh, one thing I noticed specifically in that game is you saw Park doing a lot of the dirty work on the defensive end and as his other Shattuck teammates, and they just flip it up to Iserman, and he'd go in and score. So is he cherry-picking to a certain extent? Yeah. I, you, look at, you look at that, and I agree. It was one of those things. You would see a D-man or Park get the puck, and it's Aiden Park, uh, California kid that plays on Shattuck's team. Another phenomenal player. We'll talk about him briefly here in a little bit. Um, and I agree, and you see... You, you, you could see Cole cheating a little bit. Each time there was maybe it's going to come out of the zone, you'd, you'd see him take those first couple strides to get the edge on the defenseman. Um, as, far, as far as grading his defensive game, I, I don't really knock him for that right now because it seems like kind of the team's philosophy on what to do. And you see every time those kids get the puck, they're looking for him. They, they, every time. They run and gun, you know? So it's not like you can fault Cole for doing that. And Park does do a lot of the dirty work, and he's good at it. Um, you know, in that Minnetonka game we watched, I mean, that was a 9-8 game. Mm-hmm. So obviously this loaded Shattuck team, that's a good Minnetonka team too, not taking anything away from them. But on both sides, if you're letting up nine, or, there's a little bit running and gunning. There's a, there, there, there's a lack True. of D. I like the one nothing, 2-1 games, you know? Um so watching that, there's a lot of defensive errors around that Shattuck team that game. And then when they played, you know, other games, it's if you're winning by 13 goals, you're going to be true. You're going to be sleeping a little bit. So you you, see, you did see little breakdowns here and there. Um, but no, I I can't I can't fault uh, Eisenman for that. He comes from a uh, he's from Newburyport, Mass. So. And he comes from a big hockey family. His brother played on the de- developmental program for U.S. Uh, and then he went on to, I believe it was, um, can you remember where he played? Uh, Shane Eiserman? No. Uh, New Hampshire. So he played at New Hampshire. He had another brother play D1. Uh, a brother that's a goalie that played D3. And he's also a twin. And his twin's still, uh, I don't know where he's playing this year. It's not listed on Elite. Um and his dad played Division One for a handful of games that uh, can't. I'm losing my mind here. Can't really remember where his dad played, but a, a, but a, a hockey family. And mm-hmm. he right now he's listed at five ten. Cole Eiserman is five ten. I think one eighty. He's listed at. He's a pretty he's a pretty solid solid kid. Yeah. Um, his brothers range from uh, six feet to six two, so that's it. That's what you can maybe project. So that would be a good projection for him for the future. Again, he's uh, available 2024 NHL draft. So get your get your boards out. Wow. Yeah. That makes me feel old. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I, and I, like I said, trying to put a grade on, on a, on a 14 year old, it, it, 
you know, I like when they get to at least 15, you can watch them play, like say if it's, or if they're a high school freshman, you're watching them play at least against seniors, older kids, or kids that are younger that make the jump to the uh, USHL and they're doing well young. It's easy to, it's easy to do those. Um, here, let me, let me ruffle some papers around here. Um, here's some Shattuck U14 kids. I'll just pick a few that uh, played in some of their stats, like Brandon McManus. You know him. Current Gopher. Current Gopher. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> um, McManus, uh, U14 stats, 68 goals, 52 assists. Not, there's your finisher you need for the Gophers, right? It's not too shabby. No, not 68 goals. Um, Clayton Keller. He's pretty good. Yep. U14, 58 goals, 71 assists. Uh, Jordan Greenway, 52 goals, 74 assists. Uh, so Nathan McKinnon, 54 goals, 47 assists. Uh, Taylor Camerata. Actually one of my favorite players. He was fun to watch. Absolutely. They, they would put every player on him, huge players, small players, and he still would just go right around him and, and, and pick his corner. 92 goals in 58 games. Uh, last year, a couple others, TJ Walsh, 71 G's. Um, who else we're missing here? Connor Garland, 65. So, you know, you're seeing some players that really put up stats that didn't make it to the show. And other, you know, William Whitelaw last year was the U14's leading scorer, 31 goals, 54 assists, 85 points. And right now he's on the prep team as a sophomore. Um, right now, Cole Iserman, he was on pace to break 100 goals easily. 24, 24 games. 46 goals, 24 assists, 70 points. Not too shabby. No, not too shabby at all. And, you know, I, maybe it's a blessing that he doesn't go over or he won't, maybe won't have the opportunity to go over 100 goals because then everybody next year, depending on where he plays next year, I can't see him playing on the U16 team. He's got to be playing prep or I don't know where he goes next year. He has to be on prep team. I imagine he'll be on that trajectory. Um, but, you know, if he nets 20 next year people are going to be disappointed and that's still good that's good yep. that yeah i don't remember do you remember nathan knoll yes so nathan knoll no one of the biggest hyped players coming into chat you know they were yeah this is crosby this is you know this is mckinnon all over again um and i knoll had he he had a what was his numbers at, uh 56 games played, 45 goals, 59 assists. And that was uh, his U14 stats at Shattuck. Uh, next year he played on the prep, 52 games, 10 goals. So it's a tough transition. And that prep team plays loaded teams all season. True. Um, yeah, and, and no, But Noel was one of those guys who came in, and he just didn't have that flair. Like, you watch him, he put up points, but it's just like, hmm, I didn't see all the hype that, that was – it's supposed to be tough critic over here. <laughs> don't, don't, way better than anybody, <laughs> anybody I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. I think Cole is on the right way to be a top pick in the 2024 NHL draft. So far away. A lot of hockey to be played till then. If we can go see it. If we can go see, Hey, the vaccine's coming. We're, we're okay. Right. Um, next player, Macklin Celebrini. Um, 
he he's another he's a he's a California kid came to play a check. His brother plays on the U sixteen team as a defenseman. Um, if you want to, did you did you read the the email I sent you of his dad? Yes. Uh, yeah. Do you remember his first name? His dad's no. Oh, jeez. Um, but his dad's a. Just go to his wiki page. I can I can maybe bring it. Uh, let me find his name real quick. Rick, Rick, Rick Celebrini. So, uh, outstanding man. What a what a what a cool life. He's he's. Uh, I'm assuming he <laughs> he has a cool life. Um, but uh, international soccer player for Canada. Plays pro soccer. Uh, ends up being a strength and conditioning coach for the football or the football. No, I did it right. Football club up there, the soccer club. Um, moves on to do stuff with the Canucks and also worked at the vaca- one of the head, right? Strength and conditioning or, or injury at the Vancouver Olympics. And now he, then a couple of years ago, he moved to Golden State or moved to California to be the Golden State Warriors uh, strength and conditioning injury guru guy. <laughs> so obviously his family moved with him. That's uh, so Celebrini moved. Macklin had to move from playing in a hockey hotbed to California. Really did well down there. Played two, uh, played, I think, uh, already had a year of U14s on, down there, maybe two years. Uh, now transitions to Shattuck, and he's another player on that team who's just a blast to watch. Um, what sticks out the most for him is his physical play. And it's a guy, I mean, what is he? I think he's only 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, I mean, I guess drawback on that and one of the guys went and saw he got dinged up early. So yeah. didn't get to see him play the whole game. His dad should have been there. Could have could have helped it right away. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we didn't get to see him a lot. Yeah. Uh, that last one, wow. It, he really creates a lot of energy. Like I said, not a big guy, 5'8". Five, five, and it's not like he's going out there and ripping people like Bugard and just destroying them, but he's efficient with his hits. He lines up his shoulders. He times it just right he has such great anticipation of when to hit and he always comes out with the puck it's amazing and then he has good speed to match with that and the first best move uh first move on the team yeah that first move he has on an opponent uh his stick work is quick uh another like uh Iserman's shot uh he doesn't the defenseman has no idea. He's moving his shoulders. His body's going a different way. It's uh, very impressive to watch, and he continuously does it, and he gives defensemen different looks. Uh, like the goalies for Eisenman, I feel bad for the defenseman with, with uh, Celebrini. Um, like I said, his brother plays on the U16 team. Uh, the things that make his first touch so good, he has incredible vision, um, makes quick adjustments to the opponent's movements, uh, and uses edges to guide him out of sa- to safety. Uh I talked about the body gestures, give the illusion of a perceived move, then doesn't do it. And then the next time he will do it. Really, really keeps him uh, head and above, head and water. <laughs> what am I trying to say, Rams? <laughs> head and shoulders above everyone else. There we go. Uh, but he's also a great passer, and he's a good touch passer. He doesn't have to, like, con- he doesn't ever have to, like, control the putt. He can just tip it to somebody or redirect it. Uh, very accurate with his stick. Keeps zones when he when he can. Uh, very fun to watch. Um, and that brings us to your to your guy, uh, another player on Chaddock's U twenty or U U twenty U fourteen team, Aiden Park. 
another California kid. Um, should be another high draft pick in the WHL uh, USA draft. Uh, what do you think about Aiden? Uh, love his motor. And then strictly from a photographer perspective, when you're shooting pictures, certain players catch your eye just because they're dynamic and moving and doing great things with a puck. And for me, he was a couple of games we saw the best player on the ice. Yeah, yeah, he definitely st- he definitely sticks out. Um, not a, not a player I was even planning on really. I don't know gravitating gravitating to. I he just stuck out that much, and a lot of it was his puck control. Um, he can be used in all situations. They really like him on the penalty kill, but Shattuck rolls that team. They don't. They don't give like the first second liners, or they don't have special power play, penalty kill. They roll four lines. They want to know what they got with that team for future, so they roll four lines. So these guys aren't even getting a lot of ice time. The last game, Iserman, I think I clocked him at ten minutes forty two seconds. That's nothing. I mean, what do you have like six points, four goals, two, something like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, with 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 Park when he's on the penalty kill, he's he just takes the best angle at the puck. He's always in passing zones. Yeah, I just love his high, high hockey IQ. He's very smart out there, very good with the puck. Um, really slows down the game and lets his teammates kind of, like you said earlier, you know, he, he feeds Eisenman. They've been on the same line. Um, he just slows it down for everybody, finds the best scoring opportunities. I just um, plays in all spots. It's somebody that his teammates can trust. Uh, line mates can trust, coaches can trust. Just stick them um, out there and not, you know. I think a sign of his of a great or good player is do they make other players around them better? And watching him, he does that. Absolutely, and I think out of out of the, out of the three players that we went over today with Celebrini, Iserman, and Park, I think the player probably with the highest floor is probably Aiden Park, just because you can you can see even if you you know. If he doesn't become that top one or two line guy, that he will be that that uh, third fourth line kind of grinded out kind of guy. And he and he, he's another guy that has big. He's pretty big. I mean, what five ten? Yep. And it looks like he'll fill out nice. He has it, you know. So, I I like him a lot. I, I that's a guy I think is going to gain a lot of steam in the next couple of years. But what do you think they do with these guys next year? That's tough to say. I. Because I don't see them, I don't see any of them on the U16 team, and we're not bringing up. There's there's a bunch of other guys on that team that could, could or should play prep next year. Yeah, well, it's always tough. Where seems like with Shattuck, on some of the younger teams, you see a lot of great players or good players, but then they leave before they get to the prep team. Yeah, and and that's a good point. Um, Nathan McKinnon never played on the prep team. A lot of people think he, he did. The, the furthest he made it at Shattuck is the U16. And then he went to juniors. Um, Crosby did play on the prep team. And then he went to the Q. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes they're... they're uh, would, if you're one of those three, would you play on the U16 team next year? It's still Shattuck. Yeah. And then that's sort of... Uh, Say a, a bridge year or a gap year, but you know it's a transitional year. I think for 
kids of that age. Yeah. yeah there's definitely going to be someone that's going to be disappointed not making that prep team, but uh, it's a fa- fabulous team to watch. Um, after all this COVID stuff and if they open up the ranks, definitely if you get a shot, go down there. It's worth it. I know I talked to people today and or they talk about, you know, not seeing Crosby or Parisi or McKinnon or Keller or, you know, some of the other guys that, that played at Shattuck and, you know, they kind of kicked themselves for it. Not, I don't think they're, I don't think they're on the ledge or anything, but it's just nice. It's fun to see. Yeah. Um, so what else, what else Roms? I think that's all I got on those guys. Uh, I think it's like, uh, going to see games at Shattuck when, you know, post COVID when things open up, it's a fun trip. Yeah. Close enough to the cities, you know, less than an hour. A lot of fun food, beverage options there. Like I said before, probably my favorite snack bar in the state. <laughs> That's key. And then a lot of it is, you know, hey, you know, I saw that kid when he was playing, you know, U14. Now he's yeah. in the NHL. Yeah. So then you can sit at the X and maybe, well, you can maybe break out a bunch of your pictures you have of McKinnon and all that. True. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's just sit there and show people. <laughs> Let's go hang out. Maybe in the press box if they ever let us back in there. That'd be nice. Yeah. We'll, we'll try. We'll try this year. Um, other than that, you know, hold on. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Great show, Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully hopefully it records. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Um, reach us at mnhockeylife247 at Gmail. Follow us on Twitter, um, mnhockeylife. Uh, thanks for listening. Here, I'm going to do a couple more uh, bars on the way out just so you guys can. This is win the moment. Here we go. Are you ready, Rams? Always. Yeah. All right, thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) 